Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Hording and shitting and farting. <laughs> I'm shitting and farting. That's what I'm gonna say instead of rolling one. Or Smoke. Rolling What's the meme where it's like, um, it's supposed to be like a teacher asked her students, blah blah blah, and the student said smoking and drinking. Or, <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, but it's like, of course, it's like a boomer meme. So there's like four emojis below it. And then it's like cooked to hell. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a classic. I mean, as someone who's like fleeing the Internet currently, I think the Internet peaked in like 2014. So I think that shit is kind of fire dog. <laughs> I just I just I don't know, man. Vine comps were like kind of the fucking peak of, of funny shit online, in my opinion. Like. I don't, I don't know, man. It's over. It's all over. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not using this internet shit no more, dog. Shit sucks ass. I'm gonna get web TV and a jitterbug. Eat <laughs> shit. <laughs> zip. We're talking zip disks earlier. Hell yeah, brother. I'm back on it. I'm back on it, motherfucker. What you think? Who you think I am? I'm a zip God, disk. Dude. I'm a zip disk guy. You uh, fool. There. I will admit there was something cool about a zip disk. Oh, they were so sick. They're so heavy. Like floppy disk, but just like thicker, just like Fuck more brutal. Weight a damn pound. Like I'm telling you, it's like you you work with with like audio gear or stuff that's heavy duty. You get used to picking up something and it fucking weighs something. So when I pick up a piece of tech and it yeah. weighs something, I'm like, all right, let's go. You know? Yeah, that's true. I do like weight. Yeah. You know what doesn't weigh shit? A fucking thumb drive. This shit sucks ass. Give me a zip disk. You know what else doesn't weigh shit? digital only video games Ooh, and that's what we're here to talk about today you fools um it's halloween uh, 2023 it's the halloween special um and we uh this year i think I, we've done this before um we're doing it mm-hmm. again we played a bunch of indie games uh indie horror games ever heard of it was that last year? Did we do that last year? I think we did it last year. Yeah, last year we did, and it was really fun. And we're doing it again this year. It's really fun. Um, I think this is kind of just like such a vibe uh, to do around this time of year is to just play a bunch of short games and like immerse yourself in the season. Because like, I don't know. I mean, that's what I, I've been doing with movies, and that's what I like to do with movies around this time is just, like watch a fuck ton of horror movies. And I think that like if you are playing something longer like there's a bunch of cool releases coming out right around halloween this year like obviously alan wake 2 dropped um lunacid uh is getting its 1.0 on halloween and there's a bunch of big releases and like that's awesome and it's obviously fun to play like a longer more immersive game but to me this season the thing that i like to do is to just do a bunch of shorter things so like yeah i mean i'm just every night we're watching like or trying to watch like two like 90 minute horror movies you know what i mean and like 
that's like really fun. And so I think this is kind of the video game version of that. Do you think that there's a uh, possibility that we could get like a good, like have it actually be good Lord of the Rings extended cut style thing where it is like a four fucking hour movie, but like it doesn't ever lose the like tension or the grip, you know, like a horror movie. Yeah. Or like, or is it just kind of like you can't go that long? Like, is it impossible to go that long and like keep someone like kind of actually suspended? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think horror movies tend to be shorter. I mean, even like a long horror movie is like two hours and most of those have like a slow start. Like one I just watched Apostle on Netflix crazy fucking movie so good i've been telling everybody to watch this movie it's nuts it's like the evil within uh very evil within coded very silent hill coded um meets like the wicker man and like that's like just over two hours but it's like it's got a really slow start and at the start it feels almost more like a period piece like historical drama or something and you're like, huh, this is kind of a weird vibe. Like the witch or are we talking like yeah. less, less obviously something's going on? It's it's like the witch, but it I don't know. The, the cool thing about Apostle, I think, is that it's got the vibes of like an action movie or a thriller movie. But then it just like descends into like pure, insanely fucked up horror. Um, okay. so in the beginning, it's like the witch, but almost more like a conventional like thriller movie kind of. Um, and so you don't even like get the fully the vibe of it at the beginning and it really eases you into it. So like hour one is kind of slow and then hour two is just like foot on the fucking gas, dude. It's fucking insane. I mean, Monica put it best. She was like, there's stuff I saw in that movie that I will never unsee. (laughs) It's like, yeah, for sure. It's insane. But like, I think two hours is. And even something really slow moving like Pulse slash Cairo by Kyoshi Kurosawa, my favorite movie ever. I mean, great movie. that's a slow moving movie. It's two hours still. I mean, maybe ju- like Apostle, it's like just over. And I think that's kind of where you max out. Well, then that's that like brings the question forward. Like, because yeah, like Pulse is two hours, but it feels so fucking long because it is such a like, this is a drawn out movie. Yeah. Not like intense. in a bad way, but like, yeah, it's. Everything is very like, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like it's drawn out in like a really brooding way. Mm-hmm. Like it's all it's purpose built, but it, it is it feels longer than two hours. So I'm I'm wondering if there's a way to make the four hour extended cut movie like <laughs> feel short, shorter, you know? Well, I, I think when I'm in the mindset, like I don't even feel like the Lord of the Rings movies are that long. Like when I'm when I'm really like there to watch them. You know, like I'm good, I'm in it, and I don't even clock that it's that long. Well, I think that's like, you know, I talked about this actually in a Zero Rightness Plus that I was saying that ding 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 ding. Um, I was talking about like horror TV, mm-hmm. and I was talking not about en- not enough of it, not enough of it. But we're there's a lot more now than there used to be. That's true. Well, and one thing, one thing I like about there is kind of a a subgenre, I would probably call it a microgenre because there's not a ton of this. Um, is like horror TV shows made by legendary film auteurs. So mm. good American version of that would be Mindhunter. And then mm. good Japanese version of that is Penance. 
Um, and both of those shows, I think, you know, a season is like six to eight hour long episodes, but it has the pacing of a long movie. And I think that TV format is kind of the way to do that. Cause like, that's like a thing I love about both those shows is that the episode endings always have this feeling of like, what? Cause it's like the, it just stops at almost like a random point in the story. And you're like, you what? <laughs> but like, I feel like it still has that vibe of like, okay, that's the end of this episode. The story content for this hour has now finished and we'll pick up in the next hour. And I feel like that's kind of a better way to do it than to do a super long movie. Cause like a movie has its own distinct style and pacing. So I feel like, I feel like the TV format is the way to do that and to break it up into hour to 90 minute chunks or whatever. And that would explain sort of why, um, see in my brain, like that would be a hallmark of prestige TV, kind of the, like every episode. Cause you know, a lot of it comes out, you get the whole season at once. You don't have to wait for the episodes to come out. And those episodes end on like just insane, like not cliffhangers, but they just, it's literally, it feels like you're mid scene and that's yeah. why they drop it off is cause like, yeah, if you want to have like the feeling of like a cliffhanger that you have to wait a week to see like the kind of the, solution to or whatever like you yeah. can do that if you want to wait or you can just start the next episode and it feels like you're watching a movie basically yeah but prestige tv doesn't really do that as it turns out i don't even know what prestige tv means anymore sure. so <laughs> yeah i guess it makes sense that like there are tv shows that kind of exist in that like uh to use liminal space improperly here uh they exist <laughs> In that uh, long movie slash prestige TV slash not uh, liminal space. Well, thanks for thanks for saying that you're going to use the term wrong because there was a yeah. recent there was a recent review of this show by someone. It was the most meta shit ever. It was someone who like Ooh. didn't they didn't know the meaning of the word aesthetic or the correct pronunciation of it, and then they accused ah. me of not knowing the correct meaning slash pronunciation of the word aesthetic. And I'm assuming they're not listening anymore. But if you are, fuck you. <laughs> Whatever you, your name is. You met you met a comment, but when's the last time you met um some friends, uh, girls, ladies? Men, whatever you're into. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to use the word. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> I know. Um anyway, speaking of you gotta you gotta bleep that out. Oh, I'm I'm bleeping everything. I'll just say a bunch of shit right now. I have to bleep. It's just like a five minute long like beep. Yeah, it's just like drawn out. Yeah, I'm just bleeping everything. Shut up, you fucking. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about wow. video games. Wow. <laughs> Monica just stink eyeing me so hard. Yeah, tell her I'm stink eyeing you too. Damn, yeah, whatever. That's crazy. Well, you know what, Justin? You talk a lot of shit for. A <laughs> so anyway, um, we played some video games. Uh, and we're going to talk about him. Mm -hmm. So let's start with, and also, I guess, because we kind of planned this a little bit casually, uh, some games we both played, some games only one of us played. Fun thing about these games, most of them are free or, you know, free with a suggested tip. I'm always so bad about like keeping track of uh, which one of these are free 
Because I did start to adopt your mentality of like, <laughs> you only pay for it if it ends up being good. Yeah, well, and I, I think the, the reason that I kind of developed that is that it is a little bit unclear nowadays if like itch games are demos or full games. And I think mm -hmm. even the definition of that is a little like uh, unclear. Yeah. Yeah, we love short games, so it's hard to say like what is short and what is too short and all that stuff. Yeah, but. and I don't define a demo based on the length, but I define a demo as like there is a longer, more finished version of this thing coming, and so this yeah. is not finished. And that's why like, so one game you told me to play, uh, the Resident Evil style one, what was it called? Endless Blue. Endless Blue. That was one that we were going to talk about, and I played it, and I was like, this doesn't feel finished and I looked at the page and I was like oh this is not this is a demo technically like there's a there's a full version coming eventually yeah, there was so when I played it initially there was less of it then yeah and so I played it here this time and I was like okay I remember where this cut off last time and they even tell you when you start it like hey if you click resume it just takes you after that part that was yeah. the end of it before yeah. Um, and there was some stuff to see, I think, later. I don't know if you got there, but, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. Well, I played the whole demo and, like, it's cool. I mean, so shout out to that game. Shout out to Endless Blue. It's like a Resident Evil style or, you know, it's, it seems very influenced specifically by Dino Crisis, actually. Um, yeah. Really cool visual style. Very cool visuals. Um, but it, it, it's, it seems, it feels like a proof of concept. And so initially I was a little turned off, but then I looked at the page and I was like, oh, this is still a proof of concept basically. And so it kind of feels yeah. like, and, and it feels like you're playing the setup for a longer game. And so that's a game where it's like, well, I don't oh, really, yeah. I don't really want to talk about that because it's, it's unfinished, but a game can be, we, and we have covered five minute games on the show before. If it's a complete idea, complete thought, etc., then like. I'm down. I don't care how long it is. But so that's mm -hmm. the that's the kind of thing. And we've definitely covered stuff on the show that I think I kind of accidentally played a demo. And then, you know, well, it's like, well, I'm not going to pay for a demo, but I'll pay for a five minute game. Fuck it. Sure. Like, whatever, you know. Anyway, what I was saying is that, you know, cool thing about these games we're covering. Um, most of them are free. Uh, you should pay the developers of these games because these games are really cool and they mm -hmm. deserve to be paid for their work. But at the same time, if you're like really fucking broke or whatever and you just want to play some fun Halloween shit, um, these are available. Uh, they're not all free, but I also am not going to tell you how much each game costs because I'm not consumer fucking reports. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's <laughs> if you want to play all these games we played and, you know, play along or have your own little fun thing i mean you can sit down in a night and probably play all of these and that would be pretty fun yeah, or well, you, you could sit down for two hours and play through my like entire itch library <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure but i mean it's uh i think it's a fun thing to do around this time of year and so we're just going to tell you what we played and give you some thoughts on these games let's start with one, the first one that i know that we both played which is how fish is made mm-hmm Oh, um, shouts, out, shouts out to Duck. That was a duck wreck. Wreck. Yes. Wreck. Wreck. God, yeah. I can't talk. Wreck, 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 wreck. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to 
Duck. If you don't know, Duck is the MVP in our Discord of recommending games, and every year around this time of year, uh, they'll just pick a bunch of games for people to play. They're doing it right now. Um, actually, we sourced a lot of these games from our Discord, so if you do want to see cool stuff that people are making or get recommendations, you can jump into our Discord and click the Game Club channel, and there's usually some cool shit popping off in there. Um, but yeah, this one is called How Fish is Made. Uh, I think it's a cry for help. Did you play um, both of them? Did you play like yes. the DLC stuff? Okay. Just yeah. checking. Uh, I think it's just a big cry for help, but it's like more or less how I feel every day. So I kind of like identify with it. But um, <laughs> it's a very strange little game. Uh, it's basically just a little narrative adventure game where you play as a fish <laughs> uh, flopping around out of water who is caught in this giant horrifying machine. And you basically just go through this machine and occasionally talk to other fish. I mean, the sales pitch is that this is a metaphor for the human condition boiled down into um, a fish probably going into a grinder. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah, exactly. And it's very dark and depressing, but it's also very, very funny. Um, and if you look at the, the itch page itself, it's a very meta game. And I feel like the itch page itself is like part of the game where if you just look at the text and the graphics on there, mm -hmm. it's actually fucking hilarious. Like, I just want to read this section of it when it's talking about the features. It says, live through the power fantasy of being a sardine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and that's so like, I, I played it on yeah. Steam. It is on Steam. So oh, you yeah. can't, you can bypass the itch experience uh, for better or worse, it would seem. Yes. Um, but it, it just, it's such a weird game. Like you just flop around, you talk to these other insane, deluded characters. There's a central choice of whether to go up and down. Um, there's a musical segment <laughs> that like, I, uh, I don't know what to say about it, but it's incredibly mm. fucking bizarre. Um, I'll bring that up later. Yeah. And it's very, very funny. Um, I love this game. I thought it was great. It's also like, I don't know. It's such a weird, like meta sarcastic game that it's hard to tell like what is a joke and what is um, sincere. But like there is a DLC that's basically just Katamari Damacy. <laughs> oh, that DLC was that, hell yeah, man. I did. That was playing, putting that up and it being that that was the gameplay mechanic was ah, I loved it, baby. It's, That's Chef's Kiss right there. That was a great time. And there's uh, and there's a big ass. There's an Evangelion in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's it's just really weird. It, it's just like thematically, it's just more of the main game where it's like these weird creatures asking you existential questions about like um the meaning of life and and society being terrible. Uh, but gameplay wise, it's just like janky Katamari. And then mm -hmm. it ends as a commercial for the developer's next game, uh, which is also like, once again, a very weird meta thing that it's like, 
the game's whole outlook is is pretty like brutal in terms of like society and it's like oh yeah all this is meaningless wish list our next game <laughs> and uh i thought that was hilarious yeah i mean i don't know not to be too morose or you know just yeah, I mean, I don't know if you had this problem growing up. I had the problem growing up where everyone would just be like, why are you always so like whatever? I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I figured out when I got older, I was like, oh, it's because like everything sucked. Everything sucks. Yeah, everything was done to me and I made no choices. This is just my life. That's why I'm the way I am, you assholes. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's the game is just, you know, it's that. Yeah exactly it's highly relatable to me like i'm just like that made that's why i liked it so much is i'm just like yes yes because it's very much like you are swimming with or against the current of life whether you go up or down yeah and you just everything is going to suck and you either keep going or you don't i guess yeah basically no I, I think so and and i think that like just from the the audiovisual standpoint i mean the game is very well made um the sound design and the visual design are really disgusting and off-putting and uncomfortable and i mean that as like a huge compliment uh and i felt incredibly uneasy while playing this game <laughs> Uh, yeah, the like aesthetic design is. I I feel like the best way I could put it would be like uh, PlayStation One era Silent Hill meets, and I hate to say this, uh, Bioshock. Like, there's very yeah. much a like underwater Art Deco thing, but everything is also shitty and awful. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of that, and it's very linear. Like you are in a sense going through just a really long tunnel, and you. You're going through all these parts and you're meeting other fish and talking to them. Sometimes more than once. Uh, shouts out to Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I don't know. It's for such a short and simple game. It has a lot of like content and ideas packed into it. And it definitely um, made me feel things. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it's fucking great. I think uh, it's it's definitely a must play. It's it's very, very subversive. And it it's definitely there to like mess with the player. And the more that you engage with it, the more you kind of think about its themes and ideas, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. But it is also funny that right before I played it, I read this article that was like this uh, neuroscientist uh, basically published his findings that he doesn't think free will exists. And then I played this game and I was like, oh, yeah, that's like the game version of, of that idea. Oh, I thought that was just like I thought we knew that. Do we not? Did I just assume like theory was fact or something? Because I thought we I thought we like kind of already knew that there was no free will. Yeah, I mean, it's debated for a long time. No, is it yeah. just like someone's like, I have a new piece of info to dump into the there is none column. Or yeah, whatever. I think okay. so. But, you know, yeah. you know, gotcha. who knows? Um, but anyway, I mean, I think that's a great uh, that's a great little peek into this game it's a a weird goofy game where you play as a fish that will make you question the existence of free will 10 out of 10 we love it and then it. if you play the sequel you get to roll around in the uh fish katamari uh cum i don't know what it is <laughs> what's the stuff there's like the goop there's like the yeah. the off-white goop that you roll into and then you yeah that i mean that's fun it's katamari damasi damashi Dema i don't know how you say it Katamari Depressi, bro. 
my Katamari, you know, that's my, that, now that's my Katamari. You know what I mean? <laughs> true, true. Okay, uh, so yeah, that, that shit rocks. Let's talk about another game we both played, which is Maple County. And this one is fun mm-hmm. because we can talk about analog horror. And it's only like a minute and a half long. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. It, this this one is definitely a, a five minute game, but it's great. I think it's a must play, um, partially because of the length. It's like very low, okay. uh, low stakes. I think it's a fun little thing. Um, it's all about analog horror, which means hello, fellow teens. We can talk about analog horror. Uh, in my research as a as a man rapidly approaching 40, it seems like Gen Z sure likes us analog horror stuff. Uh, it looks like it's on a VHS tape. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you know, sh- me being a, a dickhead aside, I mean, there is this big thing on the Internet called analog horror. I'm sure most people listening know about it. Um, it's been, I think, the dominant trend in online horror for the last couple years. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think it's sort of picked up the torch from Creepypasta. Um, and it kind of moved a lot of it onto YouTube and other like video platforms. Like, I'm sure this is on TikTok too. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, the whole idea is it's just, yeah, it's the VHS aesthetic. It's the found footage idea. But instead of being like a film or like a scene, from a movie a lot of it is like it's like static images it's um like weird little photoshopped um images it's i don't know it's kind of weird and abstract and diffuse it's stuff like phone calls call logs stuff like that it's very abstract and it's very weird um the big work that popularized it and kind of cemented the genre into place from what I know is um, the Mandela catalog, which is what this game is explicitly inspired by. Like it says that in the credits. Um, And I thought that was kind of interesting because the Mandela catalog is like super, or it was like super popular, big thing on the internet. Now it's like a whole series. I think there's probably like a feature films length of like stuff now on that channel. Um, either like main videos or, or various things that are kind of like in a similar style, you know, um, an SCP, if you will, but, uh, yeah, different. Yeah. It is heavily inspired by SCP also, which I mean, SCP was never really a creepy pasta per se. It kind of is adjacent, but you know, it started, I think on Reddit and then eventually moved on to its own like wiki. And then, you know, has its own. Uh, well, I hate to say this and I hate to kind of like tell on myself a little bit here, but I think SCP, I don't know if this is where it started, but I can tell you that SCP was on 4chan before Reddit existed. Sure. Yeah. Or at least was like at all a force in like anyone's mind. Yeah. So I, think maybe, I think maybe SCP was just kind of one of those like fun sort of like Internet hive mind things where you could find something about it no matter where you went. Yeah. And then as the internet became more of a, what it is today, it became really easy for all of those people to find somewhere to be like, what if we just made this into something? And I'm not a, like an SCP head or anything, but I do really respect how these people managed to like kind of concoct this entire like lore base. Yeah. Just kind of on their own, especially in a world right. where everyone's like, why is blank like this? And it's like, well, this is a fictitious work and someone just wanted a vessel for something. It's not that deep. 
Yeah. And it's like, well, these people went and made that. They went and did it. They were like, you want to know why? Here, go. You can fuck with our thing. We yeah. love telling you why something's the way it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I, I think it's really cool. And, you know, there's at least one SCP game that I've played that's actually like pretty decent. Um, so it's cool. And I feel like analog horror is kind of like the next thing like that. Uh, in terms of my personal feelings on analog horror, I have to admit that I'm not that into it. Um, I think it's a little bit thin in terms of its premise. Like I feel like, like even just the Mandela catalog, I think the first video they put out or the first big like chunk of the story was pretty cool. But I think that the, the whole storytelling device of being like super abstract not really having any sort of like core narrative or anything concrete at all, relying on mm -hmm. still images and stuff. I think it lends itself better as like a way to set up a story than to tell a story. Um, and this is someone who coming from someone who loves all that aesthetic shit, right? Like VHS and, you know, creepy photoshops. And all, I love that shit, but like, I feel like it works best in bite-sized chunks. Um, I think the biggest litmus test for that is the movie Skinnamarink. Like, how do you feel about that movie? You know, <laughs> um, which I kind of, I ripped open that wound in the discord the other day. And I guess it turns out I'm the only Skinnamarink hater in the discord. I don't know. I think there's, I think some other people are like, yeah, I don't get it. And I definitely saw people like just kind of out and about that were like, why does anyone give a shit about this? Well, see my take on it is that, I think that this stuff works better in small chunks. And that's why I like this mm -hmm. game. We will get back to talking about this game, but that's why I really like this game is that like, I think that this stuff works really well in small chunks. And I think if you try and turn it into a feature film or a more complete entire story, five just, nights at Freddy's yeah, five nights at Freddy's baby. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's that same idea where it's like, it works great in small chunks, but trying to do mm -hmm. a whole thing, I don't think it really works. And, and there's a, an obvious answer why, right? Because like a lot of this stuff is heavily inspired by the old ARGs or alternate reality games that, I mean, these were around when like I was in high school. Right. And like, it's inspired by that shit, but those weren't really storytelling experiences. Those were like multimedia game experiences, like the visual pieces or the prepared like audiovisual pieces were just parts of a larger game. You were then supposed to find the rest of the information, find the rest of the clues. And the work was the whole thing entirely, right? So like, I love bees. That's like the famous ARG that launched a thousand ARGs. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about what that's attached to? Halo 2, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we love Halo 2. By we, I mean me, baby. I love I have, Halo. I have no opinion on Halo, but I'm happy I played Halo you. the other night. I play Halo, not every night, but, you know. <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes I get in my zone, and I will play Halo Infinite for multiple nights a week. But uh, wow. I played I, Halo 3 the other night, specifically. I wanted to play, like, the part where you have to fight the Flood. And I'm sure that's a great one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to invite someone else onto your podcast to talk to them about um, Halo. <laughs> Do it. I dare you. I'd love that. I'll put it out. I'll mix it. I'll edit it. Whatever. <laughs> I won't be present, but I love that. Um, anyway, my point here is that like those ARGs were not really storytelling experiences. So now that people are making these things that feel like ARGs or feel like 
bits and pieces that I saw as parts of other ARGs. I think it's a cool idea, but I don't really think it's a great storytelling device. Um, Mm -hmm. But Maple County, I find very interesting because I do feel like after playing this that there might be a future in this style in video games because Maple County is cool for two reasons. Number one, it is very, very short. It's a very little bite-sized experience. But number two is that it's interactive. And like the coolest part of this game, which lasts for about 15 seconds, is when you just walk down a hallway. And it's really, really cool. And it's like, even before that, when they're just flashing pictures on screen, like the fact that you have to click one and it changes it's very, very cool because it's like something that I've seen in a Mandela Effect video that I didn't really feel anything when I saw it in the video, but then having control of it was very cool. As I say all the time on the show, things are just more effective and scary when you play them. You mean Mandela Catalog? You said Mandela Effect. What? What is it? <laughs> catalog. Oh, right. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Mandela Effect Catalog. Um, Mandela effects pedal, I think is what it's called actually. Um, but sure. Has someone made that yet? Uh, fuck. Do I need to edit that out and trademark that right now? I'm going to text someone right now. If it doesn't exist, I'm be like, Hey, what's up? We got to make this. Anyway, the point is that, uh, that's something I saw in a Mandela catalog video that I didn't really feel any sort of way about, but then actually being able to play it in an interactive form, I was like, oh, this is cool and it is creepy. And so, yeah, I feel like if this kind of horror wanted to move into the interactive space, I would be very cool with that. And I think there might be a future there. Mm-hmm. Unlike, and that's different from creepypastas because I feel like creepypastas tried to move into video games and it just didn't work. Like it just does not translate. But well, that's because they all just became like really, really shitty, like walking sim jump scare games. Yeah. Yeah. Like that just became the format by which you would transpose a creepypasta into a video game. And I'm like, you know, there's more than one genre of video game, right? Yeah. Even within <laughs> horror, there's multiple subgenres. Like you don't doesn't have to be like a really bad amnesia clone. Yeah, exactly. But I think that this type of horror, the analog horror stuff actually gives you a stronger like visual framework. Yeah. And like more stuff. So like, yeah, you could do these kind of interactive phone call bits or these like, cause this one is formatted as a training video and that's why you have to like click on these images and I was like, yeah, this is really cool. I could play way more of an experience like this, you know, like Th- this to me felt very proof of concepty because I feel like it sort of jumps around a little, um, a little like abruptly. Yeah. Like I really liked the part where it just kind of like hard cut from your mate. You're, you're given these choices that you have to make under the guise of like police training. And then it just hard cuts to like someone's like monologue about how they felt about their house or whatever. Right. And like, I feel like everything that's in it is individually very cool from an aesthetic standpoint, but it felt weird to play it, I guess. So like, yeah, which I'm not here to be like, well, it's not a good video game. I like I don't give a shit. Like I had fun playing it. I think that everything that's in it is cool to see. Right. Um, so like it's something I that feels proof of concept to me because I feel like if you. 
I think if you made it even like a half an hour experience, that would give you a lot more time to like kind of work your way into the different aspects of it. Well, sure. I mean, I, I think that right now it is it's so short that it's obviously going to be abstract yeah. and not, not going to be like a complete storytelling experience or anything like that. So like I, I'm kind of granting it that, you know, mm -hmm. but I guess like the way that I'm looking at it is like, I don't think I don't think this dev needs to like expand upon this specific thing. Oh, yeah. I, I just think like they should make another game in this style that is like longer and more fleshed out. And I would be super into that. I guess like, do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of mm -hmm. like when I was talking about proof of concept earlier, I think some games it's like, Oh, you should just finish this game. Like this is cool. Oh yeah. Just yeah, finish yeah. this game. And then some things are like, Oh, you should make something like this. You know what I mean? Cause that, that's kind of mm -hmm. like a lot of devs do that. Like that's how we got lone survivor was the dev did like a really short little 16-bit demake of the intro of Silent Hill 2 and then was like, wait, what if I made a whole game that was <laughs> like a 16-bit horror game and then ended up yeah. making one of my favorite horror games ever? Like, that's cool. I'm glad that he didn't make an entire 16-bit demake of Silent Hill 2 because to me that's like weird fandom bullshit. <laughs> Don't do that. And instead he like made something very cool. So I feel the same way about this where it's like, I really like Maple County. I think it's very cool. I think that this dev and maybe other devs too, like people should actually do this because this is cool. Mm -hmm. And like anyone, the next person who wants to make like an analog horror YouTube video should maybe pause and be like, can I make a video game? Because <laughs> yeah. this is way cooler. Get some help. I think my problem is that I specifically really liked the concept of it's a training tape. Yeah. Like I think, I, I think specifically the like you are a like, small town midwest cop and you have to watch this fucked up vhs tape is like yeah. a really cool concept so that's the only reason yeah. i would say like what if this were longer which it could and that like still leaves the door open for like i don't know he does oak county yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the same thing but it's just a a whole different thing start to finish yeah. i guess because well, I really just, like yeah. the the actual like the choice segments and the tape were fun, even if it like jumps hard from like normal, pretty normal stuff to like, OK, here's an obvious creepypasta screenshot and you pick either that or just like a dude, like a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Like, but like, you know, those segments are really fun. The walking section was like like the 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 aesthetic effect over that entire part was crazy. It felt exactly like at least for me, like all those nightmares you have or not even nightmares. Sometimes that's just my fucking dreams. Like nothing bad even happens where like you'll enter a space. You can't turn on the lights. Suddenly all the lights that were on behind you are just fucking off and you're just like wandering a place that you can't fully see in yeah. or get anything to work and yeah. nothing's happening. Nothing is going on, but it feels like something must be. And so right. like in your dream, you just get more and more anxious. Like yeah. I have those way too much, like way too much. Yeah. And yeah, that felt yeah. exactly like that. And then of course you get to the end of it and it's, it starts to get overtly weird. So yeah, like that segment's really cool. Even though like short kind of like, I hate thinking about my old house segment was like yeah. a really cool little bit. So there's a lot here that I, I certainly hope they go on to make something.
That's one thing I really like that I've seen in, in indie games that I would like to see more of is people like really aping the style of like other old media formats, not just kind of copying the aesthetic. Yeah, like I, I like it when these games actually like mirror uh, the f- like these older formats. Like we covered a game, I think it's called September 1999. It's like another little five minute game that really looks like an old VHS tape. Like they really do the found footage uh, thing. Yeah. Or like um, that one uh, Kitty Horror Show game, uh, Anatomy. I think yeah. that it's so deep into that like cassette tape, VHS tape kind of vibe that you do feel like you're actually looking at a VHS tape or something and like I really really like that I think that's really cool there's something very cool and meta about it and it's also a great way to just dress up like cheaper assets which I know a lot of smaller devs are using um, I think mm-hmm. like obviously the PS1 style um, has proliferated out a lot and it's very popular but I would like to see more of this kind of shit I'm a big fan um, but yeah I really liked that in here so yeah another cool little uh short uh five minute game you can just fuck with and it's very cool and i don't think you'll regret it and you might get creeped out i got creeped out um i put my headphones on at the perfectly wrong time uh (laughs) and got really freaked out at one point so a plus good stuff well i got a question in this vein the or, or a query or whatever to pose do you think that the reason that I mean, obviously the VHS effect is really good for kind of distorting lower fi visuals. Do you think that like the reason that that specific aesthetic is so popular is because VHS is purely from a time before everything was connected and you could very easily debunk like anything? Like yeah. I know there's I know there's sort of a like crossover, you know, like tapes were sold until X date and like DVDs even pretty quickly got outmoded by you know something better, but like it there was a long period of time where like VHS was the dominant home media format and yeah. during that period of time I, you could believe anything because you couldn't disprove it within 2 seconds, you know? And that's like why Blair Witch like took off. Like the internet still was very much in its infancy, so you could see that movie and be like, "Hold on, is this actually a thing that happened? I don't know." Well, yeah, and the visual style obscures so much that like you naturally are like, "I don't know what I just saw." You know, you could just be watching yeah. a home movie, and you, there's just like, "Well, I can't tell what's in the background because it's so blurry." You know, and so it's like that plus, yeah, a lot of the shared experience of like seeing creepy stuff like that on VHS. I think it's cemented in a lot of people's minds. And so those people make art that uses that style and then eventually it proliferates out. So you've got much younger people who didn't have that shared experience who kind of understand Mm -hmm. inherently that it's like, oh, that's what's cool about this format style, aesthetic, etc. Like... So, yeah, it's like a perfect storm of all that stuff. But totally, I remember watching like weird like UFO documentaries and like Blair Witch and stuff on VHS. And it just it feels a lot more believable than, yeah, watching some digital thing in HD where it's like, well, no, I can see that that's fake. Like that looks stupid, you know? 
Because I don't know, man. I think just in general, VHS effect is creepy. Even if it's on something that is not at all in any way like weird or odd. Yeah. There's just a quality yeah. to it for me personally that's like, oh, this is just distorted. Yeah, well, there's a lot that goes into it also. Yeah, where it's just like there's a little bit of blurriness. There's a little bit of distortion. There's also just like some, you know, analog elements like, you know, the lens and, and other things like that that just give it a different look. So, like, I've obviously done a ton of stuff with the VHS look, and the majority mm-hmm. of it, I mean, I do digital filtering for sure, you know, a.k.a. the fake way to, like, simulate it. But at the same time, I also have, and especially in the past, did shoot a lot of stuff using actual, like, old camcorders but just hooked up to my computer through like a USB adapter. So really all I'm getting is like, you know, the lens and like some of the other like parts of the camera, but it's just still, and, and you know, the output resolution, which is low, then being upscaled kind of also contributes to that look. And then if you want, you can, you know, crush it more in post. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you can simulate the like tape noise part of that whole thing. Exactly. And some of the distortion and stuff, but like, it's still like just has that different look, you know? And like, even like I just did a video that kind of has that look. I took it in a different direction. It's supposed to be like public access. Um, but a lot of it has that look and it's funny cause it's like a mix of stuff that was like literally shot in 4k that I just absolutely fucking crushed in post. And then some stuff that was actually shot on DV by me and then some stuff that was shot on dv by my nephew who's like 17 who just like once again just loves that look and definitely watches a lot of skateboard videos which are still largely shot on dv you know he just likes that look and he got a dv camera that works and found the tapes for it and all that stuff and like the mini tapes yeah yeah mini tapes are so cool yeah, it's really mini, cool. Any physical media is cool, like mini discs, mini tapes, any of that shit. Like, like whether it's like the little camcorder tapes or like the the tiny cassettes for like a fucking tape recorder or an answering machine. Like, ah, yeah, dude. that was how I used to record all of my old demos on because I had a Pearl Quarter, which is just one of those little handheld recorders that records onto the answering machine tapes, yeah. the, the mini cassettes. Yeah, I love that shit. I actually found when my nephew and I were out at a thrift store, we found an old um it was like a handy cam, except it record on records on mini DVDs. They look exactly like GameCube discs. Oh, uh, were they like in the plastic? Like they had yeah. like a plastic shell around them? Yeah. yeah, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, isn't the like the Sony mini discs? Like the isn't that like I I can't remember if that was proprietary. Maybe that was just for music well, stuff, but I remember there being like a proprietary uh like CD format that was like tinier and like in the plastic shell. Oh, well that's the UMD for the PSP is what you're No, thinking. not those. <laughs> God damn you. These were just like GameCube discs and they were DVDs, not CDs cuz they were yeah. mini discs. Mini discs were like tiny CDRs. Mm-hmm. Um this was like actual tiny DVDs and it was really cool. We took it out oh, yeah. of the, we looked at it. It was too much money to buy without knowing if it worked, but we were both just like, whoa, this is fucking yeah. crazy. I hate but, going into the thrift store and be like, this is too much money. Yeah. It should not be. That's not how they're supposed to work. Yeah. Buying old cameras is always like a massive gamble because it's like, well, I don't know if it works, but I think yeah. I paid 15 for the like stereo that I found that I was like, maybe this cassette deck works. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I think, like, yeah. I think maybe at that one, I knew there was some amount of like, well, they make sure it powers on at least. Yeah, for sure. So for like, sure. it works. It's just, of course, something's wrong with the tape deck. There always is. I can't find a fucking tape deck to save my yeah, life, dude. The real analog horror is buying stuff from the thrift store and praying that the tape deck works. <laughs> <laughs> the one in my car works at least, kind of. So. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um okay well let's let's maybe talk about some games that we didn't both play Uh um let's let's branch off here for a second i want to talk about one of my favorite horror game devs out right now which is chilla's art um i've talked about this creator a lot on this show and on zero brightness (laughs) plus um justin you've played some of this stuff for the show yeah i just forgot to play this one yeah, so I'll I'll give you a little rundown of what it is and kind of make it more of a brief summary here. But um, I decided to play their latest game. It's called Parasocial. It's about a streamer who gets stalked by one of their fans, mm. and it's fucking great. Uh, so all of Chilla's art, uh, their stuff is all just really really good. And in the past, they had a very clearly defined style. It was like. PS1 graphics style, but walking sim gameplay. Each game they made kind of has like a gimmick or a hook. So like in the convenience store, which is one that we played for the show, you work in a convenience store and like the gimmick is kind of like you have to go to your job and work and then creepy stuff eventually happens. And it's very fun. It's a very good game. Uh, There's another one called the radio station where the gimmick is that you have to drive around in a car with like hilarious controls. I mean, truly, truly hilarious, Uh, like deadly premonition level of like, this is not a car controls. But (laughs) that game also really kicks ass because it's got this like, it's got this like audio drama that kind of plays out as you play the game. Like you collect these tapes and you sort of slowly unravel this like, it's it feels like you're listening to a radio play at times and it's extremely cool it has a fantastic ending so it's interesting i feel like the style of this creator a lot of times it's very influenced by j-horror but in terms of like the actual experience it's like very sophisticated storytelling kind of butting up against sometimes janky gameplay you know uh which is also like kind of my shit Uh, especially if it looks sort of like a PS2 game, which all their stuff does. Um, With this new one, Parasocial, I feel like it's their most ambitious game they've made yet. It's the biggest and weirdest game that they've made. It's also the most janky because like they try to incorporate more new styles and techniques and gameplay. So is it like a bigger I I kind of assume most of their games have like a vaguely open quality. Not like open yes. world, but there's kind of like a sandbox. Is it like bigger in that way? I think so. Because like the map is smaller in a lot of ways than like the radio station. I think that's got to be like their biggest game. But it also feels more like you're in a city. So like when you walk around, there are characters on the street. When you go to places, there's more like stuff in the places. Oh, it's they're like, just like doing more now. Yeah, like actually like fleshing it out, I guess. Yeah, and there's, like, other characters you interact with that feel more like characters in the story than just, like, random, like, assets. You know what I mean? So, like, 
and the story kind of the story is more complex like there are more characters there's more stuff going on there's like side plots there's choices you can make i mean it it's just there's more going on i would say in the game you know what i mean yeah. rather than just being like another game in the style that they've established um so it, it's a weird clash where like it, it is more sophisticated there's more going on but it's also more janky like there are definitely parts where like you have to do like chase sequences that are like really janky and the game will just let you try again but it obviously does kind of suck when you just there's one segment that i did like eight times and i was like mm, yeah Okie dokie, but well, it, this breaks, game, <laughs> it breaks the pacing in a very unfun yeah. way. Yes, but overall, I love this game. I think it's brilliant. The reason I think it's brilliant is because it has some of the most bizarre fucking meta shit I've ever seen in a game. And specifically what that is, is that in this game to play as a streamer, you have to actually stream. And so there are parts <laughs> where you sit down at a computer and you play the game but as the character in the game playing the game. So if you move the mouse, your head looks around. So you have to just look straight ahead and then use the keyboard to like control the game. And it is the weirdest, most meta thing I've ever yeah. done in a video game. And it's also like the graphical style of the games that you play is different so that it's like you are a character in a video game playing a video game and like the video game looks lower fi than the low fi video game that you're already playing. And like the game actually uses that to like create tension and like create scares. And it's like actually genius. Like it actually blew my fucking mind where I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like I'm a guy and there's another guy in the thing, you know? And I don't know. It's, um, it's really fucking good. It's also weirdly very funny. Like, you're definitely playing as like a young, like terminally online streamer person. And there's some mm. really funny stuff in there. Like whenever you're no, mad, at some, whenever you're mad at someone, you instantly block them in your phone, uh, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Also when they're like the game will use the phrase call for help, but you only ever text people and it's nice yes hell yeah baby yeah. <laughs> it's very intentional because the game has like little like voice acting and stuff at parts but like it's like clearly like you only interact through text and i don't know like like i said there are parts of it that are kind of janky and that you're going to have to really try to kind of brute force your way through but overall i think this game has some of this creator's best ideas i was super blown away and it, it still just continues my opinion or reinforces my opinion of this creator, which is that like we're watching a person who's really fucking great at making horror games, uh, refine their process and grow as an artist in real time. And I think everyone should play this shit. And I think everyone should play this game. It's fucking great. I think this episode should have a counter on it for how many times you say meta meta. Is that my new word? You said meta like eight times this episode for real. This episode brought to you by meta. Have you bought a VR headset or a Facebook ad? Lately? Oh yeah, shit. I forgot that that's the company, isn't it? Isn't that horrible? That should be uh, illegal. Uh, well, hey. turns out um, you can make anything legal if you have enough money. Yeah, it turns out nothing's illegal if you are in power. Um, Google it. <laughs> 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 um, 
so i love how like they literally that's like such an abstract thing to even google but also it's not at all like i hate that god this sucks man yeah uh life's a nightmare how fish is made you know what i mean (laughs) tell me how the fish is made my friend now tell me about the game you played that i didn't uh well y'all maybe remember uh what was the game called carbon steel carbon steel that's yeah that joint um i guess that guy's actually got a few games because after i played the other side i found another game that i installed which i haven't played called unsorted vhs which sounds cool of course yeah carbon steel was the game we played last year that had a similar vibe and premise to the game iron lung which we also covered but it just had a almost like a more like russian like vintage mm-hmm. russian film aesthetic yeah you're like a, that's yeah. you're locked in prison and you have to yes. calling bust your way out yeah yada yada very cool game so the other side is sort of sort of a like shorter form version of carbon steel but the crux this time is you are trying to drill your way through a wall okay and the entire gameplay system is that you have your computer terminal much like carbon steel and sort of everything you need to know about what you need to do will actually display for you on that computer and you'll interact with it sure so you try to drill through this thing your drill will break you'll go to the computer the computer will tell you what you need to repair on the drill Mm -hmm. and the uh, and the maybe obvious maybe not mechanic is that you'll kind of you'll go through this and then it's like okay well we're now we're we're still drilling but now you're gonna have more stuff break at a given time Mm -hmm. and then you need you you are expected to have gotten comfortable enough with these processes to then figure out on your own how to do more than one of them at the same time within a time constraint because you're in the you're in the metal box you're not supposed to leave the metal box as the whole setup right you want to get to the other side so i thought that carbon steel had just a much better like i am escaping you know the the hypercube kind of like (laughs) feel to it which is still very much here i don't know if this game got made first it kind of feels like it did because it feels like carbon steel found a more like um narratives maybe a too strong of a word but like more of a narrative a more compelling narrative in carbon steel was was present than is in the other side yeah for sure yeah it's, it seems very similar to carbon steel which is cool i'm looking at this fucking unsorted unsorted yeah. i don't know why i said like <laughs> unsorted untrue gold vhs game that gorsh cool. <laughs> yeah, dude gorsh this looks cool as fuck I gotta check this shit out, doggy. Yeah, it's it's it was I, like as I was playing some of these games, I would like play it, and then it would immediately recommend me a game that looked like maybe it was cooler. And I hated that. <laughs> but I didn't want to be like, no, 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 scrap it. We're playing this instead. So yeah, you, know, you just kind of stick with what we set. But I'm well, sure we'll get to unsorted VHS eventually. I I missed the Discord message and didn't play it at all. But yeah, sounds cool. I mean, I'm still yes. I'm interested in this this dude's work, Mike Klubnika. I said it weird earlier i think because i said russian film and then i was like thinking russian and i looked at it and i was like mike kublinka (laughs) but yeah i mean maybe there is like a very soviet like like oppressive brutist like physicality to the aesthetic sort of settings that he puts in his games 
which it's that's why I played it is I'm like, well, you know, even if it's like a not the craziest game you'll ever play, like I think they're always fun to play and they're fun yeah. to inhabit. Maybe that that's like the driving force is I think it's just fun to be inside of the little the little rooms he seems to make because there yeah. seem to just be a lot of little rooms, which I think Carbon Steel kind of like at the very beginning alludes to like a much larger space, but well, yeah, and like I I think that when I when I played um, Carbon Steel, it was like, oh yeah, this reminds me of Soviet era film for sure. Reminds me of Tarkovsky, yeah. you know, which like the big one that especially gamers might know because of the the game stalker which takes a lot of influence from his film stalker and I think which is it's based a cool on a aesthetic. book you you're not special you're not cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like you know i i like that vibe and i like that that kind of thing a lot i'm a huge fan of tarkovsky i mean i've watched a lot of old like soviet era movies i'm not like the expert on or anything but i do love tarkovsky um, I love that vibe, but uh, yeah, that's cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think if you like that vibe and you uh, like the horror vibe, which clearly you do, you're here. It's probably fun. I don't know how many games he's got. I would imagine it's fun to kind of just get them all together and uh, just play them. Well, he's got and, a game. I'm looking at his page right now. He's got about like yeah, six games on itch. Looks he's like got, it. He's got one called Concrete Tremor that says explicitly a short horror game about Soviet apartments and plastic explosives. Hell yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm going to assume dude's got experience or, you know, at least uh, some kind of connection. Um, But I I picked up the vibe immediately um, and I love it. It's a great vibe. So, um. Okay, let's talk about a game we both played, Stop Burying Me Alive Beautiful, which is <laughs> hell of a fucking name for a thing. Uh, you were hip to this because Angela Hay uh, worked on it, did the art and the visuals for it, mm-hmm. and they did the game You Left Me, which we covered last year. Um, they So she's got some... She has a lot of games, actually, I think. Yes. Very prolific um, creator. Which I like. At this point, I don't think it's yeah, it's very common for a lot of people to sort of lament the idea of visual novels within our community. Right. I like I'm just bad at reading. I'm not I'm not a good reader. Uh, so I like hate them by default. But I think <laughs> her like <laughs> like her distinct sort of like aesthetic and visual style drew me into you left me which we played yeah so i like and i think i followed her like on socials after that so i like knew this game was coming out so i played it when it came out i don't know if like the crew is like gonna be a crew later and work on other games or if this was just like a kind of a one-off collaboration yeah um but it's it's fun i like a visual novel that sort of lightened the novel part and sort of ups the game part a little bit because you left me if i remember correctly it's mostly just kind of like a choice system game yeah yeah you literally just get get like a sentence or two of text and you'll make a choice which is light enough for me to handle as long as there's something interesting on screen to grab me and this provides a lot more of that yeah which clearly is because you've got other people on board with programming and writing and stuff so Mm mm-hmm 
Well, the premise of this game is so weird. It's like you're in a hole and your ex is down in a hole, man. <laughs> down in the hole. Your ex is burying you alive and talking to you while they do it. But then there's also like a rat girl who lives underground who's also talking to you and who mm -hmm. plays cards with you. <laughs> and so the whole game, like you're flipping between like looking up where you're talking to your ex looking straight ahead where you have to bonk rats on the head to keep them from eating you but they're all different rats and they're all cute. yeah they're all very cute and the sound effects are amazing and then you look down and you can talk to the rat girl who lives underground and play cards with her and it's so weird and cool i really liked it um it's such a bizarre game. Like in the beginning, it was hard for me to wrap my head around. Where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? But then you figure out that it's just, you just look where there's something to look at basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, I don't know, it, it's really well written. So like the conversation that the main character is having with their ex is, is really interesting and really just like a nice little piece of like character drama. And then the conversation with the rat girl is just really fucking weird and surreal. And then like, it's kind of implied that you get a choice at the end, which you do. So you kind of can see different endings or make different outcomes, um, depending on like what choices you make and what there's lots of dialogue options. Um, when you're talking to the two different characters, uh, it's, it's just a really cool game. Once again, I mean, the, the art was done, um, you know, by the creator we mentioned earlier and the art is like so good. Um, very cool like kind of weird, surreal, colorful, slightly anime-ish um, art style. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I like this game a lot. It's cute. It's weird. It's kind of depressing. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, that's the it's boxing, like half dude. depressing, half sort of like feeling seen. If you were, I, I don't know if you've ever been in like a complicated long-term relationship of any kind, you'll probably find something to, to latch on to since I, I, it's clear at some point that the whole thing is something of a metaphor for like being in a relationship. Uh, yeah. And I think it just has like a fun, vaguely supernatural twist because that's fun. I don't know. Yeah. Your girlfriend is green and has red hair. Like maybe she's oh, in yeah. work. I don't know if she is, but you know. She also. You, you give me a game with a muscle girl with pink hair and a rat girl, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> this really spoke to you specifically. Yeah, I was gonna say that I feel like uh there's just a lot of weird, surreal stuff in it that I really appreciated. Like the the person who's burying you is just is telling you you're dead and you're arguing with them, you're like, I'm not dead. <laughs> and like, no, you're dead. Yeah, and it's well, like, I never figured yeah. out if I was dead, you know, and that's like the that's another fun layer. It's like, are you are you dead? Aren't you dead? Or like, are you dead? And now you're just going to be like the living dead. Is this yeah. that kind of world, you know? Yeah. Also, if I'm being buried, how come I can see this girl that lives underground with her rats? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rat girl so many questions about the rat girl and she even kind of answers some of them where it's like oh yeah the rats like dug me out a place to live and it's like you know what that doesn't explain anything the, uh, card, the card game is fun once i like kind of got my 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 bearings with the card game it became really fun to like because i i assume that by winning the card game you're making her happy 
Yeah. Because like at first you're presented this car game and like the only interactions you can have with her at that point are like, I don't understand this or this is stupid. So yeah. I think I'm assuming that as you get good at it, she responds like kindly to that. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, like, you know, you get a little dopamine hit if you like win the card game. Okay. The sound effects for the card game are incredible. Oh yeah. And the art. Great. Yeah. yeah. The card, like I wish there was a, I wish I just had like a deck of cards that looked like the, the rat cards. Yeah. No, it's, it's a very fun game. Um, it's, it's cute while still being kind of weird and depressing. Uh, it's great. I thought it was great. Yeah, because you left me is like just depressing for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's nice to have something that's relatable in that way, but still like kind of like whimsical and uh, kind of a like uh, to make it popular terms. If like Tim Burton made a like like a Ghibli thing, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like you want something that's like very rooted and serious, but also, you know, I don't know, whimsical. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Highly recommend, especially if you liked You Left Me. I still think You Left Me is one that you should probably play first just to kind of understand the style, and it's maybe more in keeping with the sort of stuff we we cover on the show. But if you like that and you want something that's in a similar vein, this game is great. So, Yeah, I should definitely play some more of her game. She seems like she knows what she is doing, as they say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, I think we just have the one more uh, to cover, which is Changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this is a game that is very weird and very cool and requires quite a bit of explanation before we can even start talking about it. <laughs> so Changed is spelled number one, C-H-A-I-N-G-E-D. It's also like an acronym for Chronological Haunted Anomalous Interconnected Narrative Guide Each Decision, uh, which is some amazing like late 90s Japanese robot game bullshit that I can fully get behind. But uh, this is a new game. It's from the collective Haunted PS1 who've done like a bunch of stuff. We've covered it on the show before. Um, it's like a collective of game devs. They do these kind of game jam style collections um, periodically. You know, they seem, you know, they always do one around Halloween, but they've also done other stuff other times a year. Uh, this game, and I think most of the stuff they've done has featured work by a member of our community, um, Coulter, who is cool, uh, and shout out to them. But uh, this is also a sequel to a previous game called Chain. Okay, and I didn't play that. Yeah, so like if you, I don't remember if it's like the intro screen, like um, it'll show you the like logo for chain and then it like drops in the GED like on the end. Yeah. Cause this is- yeah. yeah, so there's a couple of hooks here. Number one is the premise behind the development of this game is a style called Exquisite Corpse. Um, Exquisite Corpse is a method of creating something. It's also commonly presented as a game. So if you went to like art school or you just hung out with artsy kids at whatever school you went to, at some point you probably played a game called Exquisite Corpse. The way that you do it as a party game is usually like you take a piece of paper, you divide it into as many segments as there are players. So if there's four players, you just, you know, divide it into four segments. 
Then basically one person starts drawing at the top and then the next person takes over and they continue the drawing. And basically at the end you get one complete drawing that's made by four different people, for example. And like the whole idea is that you're trying to make one complete or continuous thing, but that has input from multiple people. It's a cool exercise. It's always really fun. It's always interesting too, because like someone can choose to cooperate or someone can choose to just send everything into chaos and disarray. And then the next person has to deal with whatever mess they made. Um, so it seems like that was the premise behind the first game they made in the style chain. But with changed, it actually has like an overarching storyline. There is like a frame story. And at the end of each story, um, the player makes a choice and then it goes on to like a different story. It's really, really interesting. The way it's presented in this game is that each, you know, each story is a mini game made by a different dev. And I'm sure that there's multiple games made by the same devs because there are just so many little games in here. Like there's like, if you look at the map, there's so many points. And I, I did like two big storylines um, on my playthrough and I haven't seen nearly everything on the map. So I'm going to keep playing this game because it's really cool. But like each game is like a mini little game. Some of them are short, almost like something from like WarioWare and some of them are surprisingly long and involved. Uh, it's very, very cool. A lot of them cop that PS1 style and aesthetic, but others are all over the map. The actual storyline is also pretty cool and interesting. It's all about like time travel and killing God and the Antichrist. And it's very fucking... anime, I think. And I don't mean yes. that as like a, a, a diss or anything. It has a kind of it has like the whimsy of like a fully coolie sort of thing. Yeah. Like it is just it is doing its thing. It's bonkers. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. The thing that I think is really cool about this um, is that like a hallmark of all of this haunted PS1 stuff that people have been talking about since the first one launched is that the the launcher for all of these collections is always like incredible like the style yeah. mm -hmm. the the visuals the sound everything like the first one looked like a period accurate recreation of like an old PS1 demo disc um and since then they've just gotten weirder and like more ambitious like I said I haven't played every single one but I've played a handful of them um and it's really cool, but in this game, they actually made the launcher part of the narrative and part of the story. And it's also like their coolest and most detailed launcher, like tons of great sound design and animations. Um, each game is presented as a cassette tape and you can not only inspect it, but you can look at the inside label and it has this really cool, once again, like period accurate, like rental shop label. It's really cool. Like there's just so much detail and so much cool design that went into it, but it's also part of the overall narrative because, you know, it's got like the chains and it's like showing you the decisions you've made. And I don't know, there's just like the fact that they actually managed to weave in the launcher into the narrative and make it like a really important part of the game is really cool because it's something that people noticed right away with like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is like a standout part of the experience. So I thought that was, well, awesome. it's such a like unnecessary thing to even bother with. Cause I think most people just, you're there for the game, especially on like a indie setting. So to like, to, to have the, the menu part of the game even be like a, like a fully realized part of that whole experience and find a way to tie itself into it is kind of like a step that you 
they didn't even have to go to, but they did. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's also such a cool way to present this experience because not only is there a ton of shit, but it's all really different and it makes each playthrough or each path you follow really interesting. Cause like one thing I noticed was that when I was going down the narrative paths, like some of the narratives I liked better or was more interested in the narrative, but my favorite games were like over in other narrative paths. So it kind yeah. of like, it kind of like encourages you to explore the whole game and, and really look around and engage with it, which I thought was a really cool element. Like, yeah, like one of my favorite games is, you know, down a path that the overall story I wasn't like super invested in, but it's like this really creepy, almost like abstract silent Hill esque thing where you walk around finding lost memories and like putting them into places. It's really just weird, very cool sound design. Um, but yeah, there's like little hidden gems like that. But then there's other ones like the narrative path that I liked the best was just the most all over the place. Like there was like one that felt like the Dreamcast game Machin X. And then there was one that felt like Animal Crossing. And then there was one that felt like um, No More Heroes. You know, it's like it's really all over the place, but they're all very cool. And the fact that all the games are just very short and that you can kind of go through and have all these cool little experiences yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like a more fully fleshed out like indie horror game WarioWare or something. It's, yeah. It's very very cool, very ambitious. I was really blown away by this game. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up too because when I played How Fish is Made and you get to that musical stinger part with the like tapeworm yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very it was extremely reminiscent of one of the um one of the branches that I found myself in and changed. There was like a definitely more of a like if I'm remembering how it played correctly, which I went, I went, I, I did a bit of a string for a bit. And so some of those games like blended together, but I feel like I remember one that was very much sort of presented as like a visual novel, but then it had a, sort of a like turn based RPG mechanic in it. Which maybe I maybe I went from like the turn based one to the the visual novel one. I'm not sure, but yeah, I do re- I do remember a little chunk of that game being a 2D VN style experience, and I remember there being I remember it being weird in the exact same way that that little like musical bit was. Yeah, because the other part of of the whole game is that. It's you're dealing with this overarching narrative at some point, but the ways that they choose to interact with it can be very different. Yeah. So it can go from something that's like fairly serious, even if the premise is like already just kind of inherently goofy in an anime sort of way. But like you can still take it in a pretty serious direction or you can just take it in like a insane direction, whatever you want to do. And the juxtaposition does a lot to keep it like really interesting. Yeah. On top of having the obvious option of, you know, play a game, then you choose. I don't remember if it goes, if it ever goes from more than two games that you can choose from. I don't remember. Does it do that? Does it let you pick like from three at any point? No, it's always just two. Okay. I couldn't remember. But but some of the branches get kind of complicated. So Mm -hmm. you can kind of go to a dead end. And then the other thing that's cool is that once you've beaten the game, you can instead of replaying the whole thing, you can just select it and there's a fast forward option. So you can see like where the other path goes. 
Dude, so, fast forward options in video games. Oh man, God, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's some like Nobel Prize shit, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I, I get that it's more of a thing that works, at least in mainstream games, like in hindsight, kind of. Like you, you know, a game's already been out and people have dissected it, and they're like, okay, maybe you need to be able to skip past some of this stuff a little more quickly than you can. But I don't know. I wish people had it in mind more. This isn't a literal fast forward. It's just a button that says fast forward and it takes you just right to the choice. <laughs> but still, but still, though, that you're you are still bypassing like a part of the process that like oh, may, yeah, that yeah. may not do anything directly for you. That kind of yeah. feels like you're just burning time for sure. And, and like, especially because like these games are so all over the place that depending on your taste, like some of these you're going to want to replay and some of these you might not. So I think it's cool that they just let you basically freely explore all the different games that are here and freely explore all the branching pathways. I think the thing that really blew me away was how cohesive it all feels. Cause like the exquisite corpse method, I guess like the way that they did it was like, yeah, there's a, there's a frame story. One person makes their chapter of the story and at the end gives you the player a choice the person who makes the next bit knows about like the previous, the previous part of the story and they know what the choice is. And then they have to make their own branching thing off of that. And it's kind of wild, like how cohesive it feels like, yes, the story is insane. It's over the top. It's completely fucking bonkers, but it works really well. And it feels way more like designed than you would expect based on that premise. And it's also like they keep it simple enough. Like there's not a ton of characters. There's not necessarily a lot going on. They keep it pretty simple. So each person can do their own weird and cool thing with it. I was just really surprised at how well it worked. And like I said, I've played through two of the main big branches all the way to the end and then done some of the extra branching stuff off of it. Um, But I'm excited. I want to go back and find all the big branches and eventually just fill out the tree because it's a it's a really cool game it's a really cool experience and especially like i said i mean at the beginning of the episode if you do like having that experience around this time of year where you just kind of sample a bunch of shorter things you could probably just play this oh yeah for sure (laughs) there's there's a lot here there's a lot of content there's a lot of cool little games like hidden within it i think if i had to pick like one game out of all the ones we talked about like maybe just because it's cute i would say stop burying me alive but like i think if there's any one game to play you just go in here and you you don't even necessarily have to see it through to the end like (laughs) It, yeah. it is still fun to just play one and then it's like, all right, well, you got to keep this thing going. Which one are you going to go with? And you, I mean, pick your own adventure is always just kind of inherently fun. And yeah, this is such a like insane mind boggling way to approach that storytelling format. Yeah, for sure. That it's um, I think you would do well to just, yeah, throw this thing on and see where it takes you. And on that note, I mean, I think if there's any one of these games that you spend money on, it should probably be this. A lot of people went into making this game and not only making it, but like actually making it good, you know? Yeah. Because I think it's pretty easy for a game jam to just be like, we just all made a game and it's a game jam. But when you you're adding a whole lot more work and time and effort into making something like that, an actual cohesive experience. And I'm yeah. going to assume nobody working on this game jam or this collective is like, this is their day job. Right. I think yeah. all these people have to like support themselves other ways. 
Yeah. So for for them to wrestle time to make something like this, co- like it's a it's a second job to do something like this for sure. So yeah, definitely. go give them the ten dollars or whatever. I don't know if it's ten dollars, but I feel like that should be the minimum, right? My band, <laughs> my band camp brain, not to start a whole other discussion. Oh um, God, yeah, is definitely telling me that ten dollars is the minimum for for this. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's really awesome. I think they definitely have kind of raised the bar for these kind of collective game jam things just by having this interconnected story and having this like super cool interconnected way of presenting all these different games. And uh, yeah, it's an achievement. It's really fucking cool. Absolutely. You should go play it. I mean, I've said that about like every game in this episode, but (laughs) yeah, like you said, this one's definitely very special and something that people should check out. Yeah, go play video games. Stop playing uh, Fortnite. Get off the Fortnite. Get on Itch. Play some cool indie games. I mean, half of these are on Steam. Uh, You know, I don't know. Do whatever you want. But No uh, more Fortnite. (laughs) Play some fucking spooky games. There's no Fortnite card for you. Is it $19? (laughs) Fortnite card. I love $19 Fortnite card, baby. Yeah, it's spent. That shit is spent. Go get on itch. You've been blocked. Yeah. (laughs) Haters get blocked. (laughs) And trolls don't get blocked.